For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. And welcome to episode number 324 of This Old Marketing for Tuesday, May 16th, 2022. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and, you know, a guy who didn't get a welcome basket from CNN Plus, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Did you get, you didn't get a welcome basket, right? Did you hear about this? I heard about that, and oh my, it's just, how many horrible things can happen to one storyline? I mean... Why don't you tell everybody what happened, because some people don't know. So, as I understand it, and from what I read... A lot of the people who worked on CNN Plus, uh, as recently as I think the end of last week, received a gift basket welcoming them to the CNN family. So this was a CNN problem, right? So this was somebody in CNN who said, ooh, wouldn't it be nice to send all of the employees uh, a gift basket welcoming them to the CNN family? It is. It's a lovely lovely idea. Problem is, their their whole company no longer exists. Uh, So yeah, it it, basically they got a gift basket to a company that they don't aren't employed by any longer. And so, as one might expect, uh, it went a little viral, and you know, and and shenanigans ensued. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of a bummer. The hits keep rolling. It's funny. I mean, you and I listened to the prop (laughs) hits keep rolling. The the prop G podcast where he's I guess it was Wednesday. He got the call that they that that uh, Scott Galloway's show was the number one streaming show or whatever. They were so excited. He woke up the next day (laughs) and he saw it on the news that it was shut down. He's like, what? Yeah. It's like yeah. he said, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. That's what you, what was your comment? You were talking about that at Creator Economy Expo quite a bit. It's never as good. It's never as, it's good. Never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it That's, seems. And you use that in your yeah. presentation. And it's so true, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Just keep rolling with it. But yeah, I, you just what keep was it, going. Was it, a, is, was it an edible basket or was it or was it flowers that they received? Oh, I. I I think it was probably a little bit of both. Um, I didn't actually see in the article of the, if, that they defined what was in the welcome basket, but it was, you know, I would guess that there was probably a mug, probably a CNN mug, and you know, at least I'm sure there was a water bottle. It seems like it's a law that you have to have a water bottle with the logo uh, in there somewhere. Well, yeah, as well environmentally as, sustainable, uh, you yeah. have to. Yes, you of have, course, you of have. course, it's got to be a metal water bottle and and uh, have the weighted bottom to it. So it's you know it's a fancy uh, weighted water bottle with the logo <laughs> on it. By the way, folks, <laughs> if you're in charge of the swag for your company, please, 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 nobody needs another weighted metal water bottle with your logo. No, no, unless it's just unless it's a CEX water bottle, <laughs> then you definitely Unless did. it's a CEX water bottle, then of course I guess There's, that's the exception yeah. to the rule. And, but, but we had yeah. uh, but we had beer koozies as well. So I mean that's that's see that was interesting. And and, and the other one that was interesting that I loved that you did was the floppy hats. The big floppy hats for oh, being in the Yeah, sun. those went over well. You know, I, I'm a baseball cap guy, so I never really got into those, but people were raving about them it was stylish oh no that was a stylish hat and it does yeah, save was, the back of your really well, well done it saves the back of your neck from the sun because you can, of course i mean it's, that's just and you don't have to put your collar up 
like I've seen you do many times because you'll have you used to wear that uh, Harvard baseball cap, and then yep. when it was really hot right. out, when we were in Australia, you'd put your collar up to save the back of your neck. Yeah. But then you, because but that well, was when your hair I also was short. come from the 1980s too. But that was yeah. when, <laughs> I, I come from. Yeah, <laughs> that was when your hair was shorter, though. And, yeah. And but now your hair is longer, so you don't have to worry about that. That is true. That that is true. Although it, I I do fancy myself. You know, I used to rock in the 1980s the the double. The, did you do this? The double polo shirt where you had a you polo shirt not. on the outside. I did too. Absolutely, I did. And then you had the polo shirt underneath that you would flip up the collar. That's that straight out had, of Pretty that Pink. Was, of course, absolutely. And that was the that was the uniform of the day. That and really tight Wrangler jeans um, was we used to call that the goat roper outfit in Texas because you would have the double polo shirt. Um, by the way, you'd be wearing so much polo cologne at that point. I mean, that was the '80s thing too. But you'd have the double polo shirt tucked in to your tight Wrangler jeans and then you'd have boots on and that was the goat roper outfit that basically all the all the urban cowboys uh, would wear. Oh my god. That's way more information than you wanted, but that's uh So like you were across between to wear. John Travolta from Urban Cowboy and Ducky from Pretty For, in Pink. That was pretty Well, much. that was that was well, that was my that was my night uh, my 1983 outfit. My 1981-82 outfit was more the uh, you would call it goth these days. It was that was when I was wearing the trench coat. Oh, I did. And the I've seen those pictures. My, my, yeah, those are quality yeah, pictures. Yeah, those are. It's, there's some. There's some good. There's some good times in there. Yeah, and we will not be posting any of them, ladies and gentlemen. So you you can you can rest assured well, of that. It's funny because your time period is just a little bit off because my cologne was obsession for men. That was. I mean, I was all there. That, that was existed. That existed too. Obsession for men existed as well. Oh, I know it that existed. Was, that but, was a, but another. it wasn't. Is it sort of went from the. Whatever we don't, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody about, cares about cologne because <laughs> they don't smell. wear cologne anymore. I mean, there's not a lot of cologne wearing these. No, these no, no. Days. It's, it's all body spray. It's like Axe body see, spray. See, I know none of this spray. because I don't wear any of it. Oh yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah. I don't see, wear a scent. No, no. I've learned all about this. You don't have to even take a shower anymore or a bath. You don't have to wash yourself. All you have to do is you just have bottles and bottles of Axe body spray, of, and it just of makes Axe it all body better. spray. I see. And I I'm not see. speaking That's... about myself. I'm speaking about other people that I. Know. I see. Yes, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> it's like we have. I don't even this want is, to go into this. I have people living. This in my is house way more information than anybody. What the, what the heck? This, nobody wants to hear this. Nobody this wants is, to hear this, this. Is but it's happening, sweetheart. Whether we. Well, like here's the it or thing: not. is that's right. Is this better than the NFL? Because. Uh, you know, there's there's lots to talk about there too, but you know, I I feel like this is a more approachable topic for most of our audience. I, I'm not there with the NFL yet. I really am not. I don't know why. I'm sort of uh, well anti sports. Well, you would, as a Cle- yeah. Well, as a Cleveland fan, I can see, you can you can definitely see that. No, there That's, there was. I mean, there's a lot of inside baseball in that comment. But yeah, you know. well, there was yeah. There was a, some local article. Maybe you saw it where they're trying to steer. Cleveland games to different times now where people won't notice that they're playing so that they don't have to bring up the Deshaun Watson issue on the television. Like, I, what? Is this a thing? What? Why do we have to go through this? I also heard that he took, he took the entire Cleveland offense to Cancun or something and is trying to win them over, but he took everybody except, of course, Baker Mayfield. 
who was left at home. Are you? Wait a second. <laughs> wait. Is this true? I just read this today. Is this true? Yeah, that I just he, read this today. He took breaking everyone news. except breaking Baker. News. He even this took is what like, I've the heard. new kickers and stuff. I mean, so everyone. Uh, this is what board. I've heard. He took the offense. Yeah, he took the he took the offensive unit to Mexico or Hawaii or somewhere, uh, and left Baker Mayfield. <laughs> the, this you is know, so. I mean, this is so ridiculous. And if, by the way, know, yeah, we're not seeing any progressive commercials here anymore. I mean, he's, they took them all off the air. Oh, is that true? Well, okay. I, have you seen them recently? No. They're not going to promote... Uh, no. Not, they're no, not going to promote a backup quarterback. It's just not going to happen. All I'll say, I said this a couple episodes ago when we were talking about uh, Baker versus Deshaun. When Baker was reeling and there was a lot of negativity, there are almost no players came to back Baker on social media. As soon as Deshaun gets signed, there's... Dozens of them talking about how wonderful Deshaun is and it's amazing. And I just thought that was a real thing that really happened. So I don't know what it is about Baker not making friends uh, with the Cleveland team or Deshaun being so amazing. Uh, I, I have no idea. It's just that's something that you could actually see happen and it was covered. So I don't One know. One can see though why you're not paying attention. It, you know, it's. I it's, told you it's I'm not paying attention. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I said good day, sir. Well, I can't. I can't be. It's because of all this Twitter stuff. You can't even get through all the all the Twitter news uh, to see anything well, else. That's a that's a great segue. Should we should we get wow. to the news? Because that's a wonderful segue into into what we have to talk about. I think this that show. we should get going. For- okay. Well, we are <laughs> actually going this. to talk a little bit about the news on this show, other than what we wore in the 1980s and uh, the trials and tribulations of Baker Mayfield. We're going to talk a little bit about Elon Musk and how he's now playing some new games uh, with Twitter. Uh, as Joe just said, the Twitter headlines remain and fascinating stuff when it comes to media, social media, Elon Musk and the Twitter. We'll also talk a little bit about Spotify and how they are now uh, back in the news because they're going to allow tests of NFTs, promoting NFTs, which is just a fascinating, uh, interesting development from the Spotify. And we'll talk about Netflix and live streaming. Live streaming is actually coming to Netflix. We'll talk about what that might mean to both marketing as well as their new ad-based platform, as well as what it means for uh, streaming media more broadly. And we'll finally wrap things up with Marriott, and they are rolling out a new content media network uh, and using a third party to do it, which I think is just fascinating. And so we'll talk a little bit about that from a content marketing perspective. Uh, I will uh, rant and rave over something about Star Trek. I'll leave it to you to determine whether it is either. Uh, and you, my friend, I can't remember what it is oh, that you're I'm, actually uh, raving and commenting about. Inst- oh, it's Instagram a, it's CEO a, uh, TED Talk. That's right. Instagram CEO's TED Talk, which was, uh, by all by all accounts, fascinating. Um, so, shall we... Let's get to yeah, it. Well, let's well, get to all, our first what, story here. It, what's with the Spotify? What, is it... Is it What's with the the in front of Spotify? Is that a real thing? Or you're uh, just saying the Spotify? It's, I, no, no, I call it the Spotify, as I call it the Facebook, and I also call it the Twitter. It's also a Southern California thing, right? Because we call it the 5, the 101. That's a freeway thing. I don't know if you knew this or not, but this, there's, a, there's a reason for that. Would you like to know yes, the reason I, for that? Absolutely. I'm, I'm hanging on your every word. What, what would it be? Okay, so... Everybody else in the country, and pretty much the world, when you refer to a highway, you say, 
I'm going to drive on 95 or I'm going to drive on 85 or whatever the freeway number yeah. is. Yes? yes. You you would say that sure. when you're in your freeways at, around your Cleveland area. Yes. Well, in Southern California and specifically Southern California, we are known for saying the in front of the freeways. So I would say take the 101 to the five, uh, get off on the 134 and then traverse to the two and get off downtown. Right. So the question is, why do Southern Californians say that? Fun fact that you can win in a bar bet here if you if, if this ever comes up for you. Um, the reason for that is because, of course, Southern California was one of the first parts of the world, the country, to get freeways. And the way the naming convention went before the sort of national naming convention took effect was the freeway was named after the place that it went. So you had the Hollywood Freeway. And you had the San Bernardino Freeway, and you had the Ventura Freeway, the Pasadena Freeway. It basically all of the, the and so you wouldn't say I'm getting on Pasadena Freeway. You would say I'm getting on the Pasadena sure. Freeway. Yes. And so that when the naming convention switched over, it switched over to numbers, but the the stuck. So most people who are from Southern California learn and are you know indoctrinated into the way that we refer to freeways with the in front of and it. This, so we all is this say what the happened in the, the 101. In the, the 60s? Like, when did this happen? When was, That's correct. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 it would be the 60s. Yeah. It would be the 60s is when they, the late 50s and early 60s is, I believe, when they switched over to the numbering system. Um, but freeways in Los Angeles, uh, certainly here in Southern California, existed in the uh, 40s, in the in the late 40s. You know, I wonder if that's why the, the number five, you know, obviously you've got Interstate 5, over that's the the lowest number of an interstate and of course then it goes 5 15 20 you, you 15 25 all the way to 95 that works east correct west to east it's odd that it doesn't that's work right. east to west is that one of the reasons because california got the first interstate i mean i'm just no no it works it works it, the, the, the the you have five oh yeah that's the what i'm saying freeway that's, in the west that's what i'm yeah i'm actually yeah. five it goes five fifteen twenty five thirty five which is the center that the one that runs up from texas all the way yeah. up through minnesota then you have the 45 uh and then you all have uh, I, I think i think 55 is not one actually i think it skips and then it goes 75 85 95 and then it starts uh, in the south and, with 10 and then moves up to 90 which goes right correct. by my house yep that's right. That's right. That's right. A lot of people don't know that. You learn something new. You know this where is, you are. This is a you, beautiful you, you, you learning moment. You will know where moment. you're at in the country if you you can identify two different interstates, a north-south and an east-west, and you'll know where you're at. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's the more you've learned. <laughs> we should we should just do a podcast I, on we should. where are you We should do a world? fun fact for every... Yeah. Where we in sh- the world we should, is... We should do that every episode. Robert San Diego or Santiago. What was that, Car- what was, what was that show? Carmen San Diego. We... <laughs> Santiago. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Is that it? Is that not okay? For yeah, you. that's it. That's it. Okay. You got it. What about Twitter? You got it. <laughs> we have completely gone off the rails. Um, and let's go to Twitter now. Yes, uh, this week the wonderful Elon Musk has announced that the Twitter deal, his acquisition of such said social network of the Twitter, uh, is now on hold until he can get a straight answer as to how many. 
uh, bots and fake accounts there are. Uh, we can talk about that as well. But we'll link to two items in the show notes. One is, of course, how that one tweet uh, affected Twitter's impact on the stock market uh, and basically showing that, as the article says, there's no better proof of Twitter's impact on public conversation and markets than one tweet moving billions of dollars in market cap across three different companies in a matter of minutes. Uh, Elon Musk's tweet that his pending Twitter takeover was temporarily on hold sent Wall Street on a wild ride as investors were already skeptical of Musk's bid, but the possibility he could walk sent Twitter shares tumbling more than 20%, but also had an opposite effect on Tesla, where shares jumped nearly 6% on the possibility that Musk won't be putting up Tesla for uh, rent um, in exchange for uh, Twitter shares, etc. The second thing is... Is that real or what's the, you know, and before everybody goes, uh, duh, that there are more than 5% bots on Twitter. Like, I don't think anybody doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, this comes to us courtesy of what's new in publishing, although there was a number of, uh, outlets covering this, uh, the spark Toro, which of course is Rand Fishkin's company, um, and follower wonk did a rigorous joint analysis of 44,000 public Twitter accounts in the last 90 days and came up with 19.42% of them as being fake or spam. Uh, that's a fascinating article in and of itself because that was a number that was actually higher than I would have expected, but nonetheless uh, pretty high. Um, and what do you think about this with, uh, with Elon and Twitter and, and then the number of accounts that are, that are fake or spam, my friend? Uh, so for, first of all, I think Elon's a big bully. And this is the silliest thing I've ever seen. And of course, you can you can follow the media and just figure out that most people are saying this is just something that we've never seen before. Um, I I don't understand. Well, I do understand why Elon's doing it. But if Elon wants to know how many fake accounts or bot accounts there are out there, he would get that in due diligence as they're going through the sale of the company. There's no need for Elon to go and try to push down the sale price by making it public on Twitter. And by the way, he's, well, he's already in violation. He's not supposed to be doing that yes. per his agreement. So so two quick notes on that, and then, and then I'll let you continue. Sure. One is, I don't know if you've read the purchase agreement or not, um, the, which is a fascinating read, by the way, for any of you who are into this kind of stuff, to go read the actual purchase agreement, which you can find online. Um, he actually waived due diligence. He, he, actually, he actually waived due diligence as part of this. However, this is, I think, just to your point, he, if he didn't know this going in, then he's the only person on the planet that didn't know that there were, that there were more than 5% of bots and, and fake accounts on Twitter. So it's a little... You know, it, it's a little uh, a suspect for him to go. Oh, I need to see proof that there's you know under five percent. You know, you know, you knew that going in. This is him clearly talking to his lawyers and saying, "How the hell do I get out of how, this?" Thing? Or how does he get and out of go, it? Or how does he drop the the bid price by fifty percent? That's right, which, exactly. Or reprice it? Well, yeah. That's so, exactly so right. since since the bid was put in at whatever fifty four twenty, the stock is down twenty percent. Yeah, uh, or more yep. than that, actually. and so is Tesla. By the way, so is Tesla. Well, yeah, right? because so. of, yeah, because Tesla. If I'm a Tesla owner, stock owner, I I don't want 
him to take over and have this distraction of whatever this pet project is. But the one thing I'll say, then this, so this has really to do with marketing. So Heath, Elon throws out, hey, you can't tell me that there's more than 5% bot, fake accounts, whatever. And then you've got the study by SparkToro and, and FollowerWonk about whatever, 20% could be fake, spam, or bot, whatever. That makes perfect sense to me because as a content creator and as a media company, let's just take email. How many of your email addresses are addresses that never opened another email, that uh, that bounce, that, that you have to clean up on a regular basis? The difference with Twitter is they're just not cleaning it up. They're just out there. Yeah. I mean, if they cleaned yeah. it up like a normal media publisher, email newsletter publisher would do, you always, every few months, you go through that and you go, oh, I have to take that out. That's not a real subscriber. That person stopped opening so that you have a constant open rate. Okay, that all aside, it doesn't matter. None of this matters right. because all you're looking That's at right. is you're looking at revenue and, and EBITDA and growth. Because if you say, oh, well, let's say that there's 300 million active users and you bring that down to 260 million active users, what happens? My revenue per active user and profit per active user goes up. It goes right. up. It actually makes it better. It's like, oh, That's right. if we got more users, then this is this would be better for Twitter. So it's just i don't it doesn't make any sense to me this is just a big joke and i feel horrible which um who sent us this one dan um dan bagonis i think sent us the one from protocol that talked about twitter right. bleeding more top talent can you imagine the ranks the the senior executive and mid-level manager ranks at twitter and how horrible this is it's totally wrecking the company and we've already been talking about how poorly run or some of their strategies would be but we've got it we do recognize that there is a, an amazing asset here and yeah look what's happening to it it's just i feel terrible well, about it it's it's such i know it's it's awful right i mean i don't know how many times i've said on this show as well as anytime i'm asked about this on a podcast or things that i'm guesting on you know the the one thing i feel bad about here are the great employees, talented employees at Twitter who are dealing with this circus. And, you know, it, to, to your point about uh, the, uh, you know, the post that Dan sent us about the two, it was two executives who left Twitter, one of whom said, I didn't leave of my own free will, by the way, you know, I was asked to leave. And the interesting thing to me about that was, this says more about their existing CEO, you know, who I think everybody sort of had pretty good feelings about like was going to be able to make some changes and do some things. And the fact that he's, this person was asked to leave now, you know, says to me, what says to me all, it's all about Musk, right? Because in other words, if this guy's performance was so bad that he was asked to leave, why didn't he leave sooner? Why wasn't he asked to leave sooner? And B, if he's doing okay, then why would you why would you have people you know top talent leave right now you're you know head of revenue basically why would you have them leave and so this that screams that somebody was you know trying to get them to leave or that there was some sort of disagreement over this and the guy decided to leave either way it's just showing that there's chaos going on over there mm -hmm. and that it's you know that that you know and and by the way this this is all about him either repricing this deal to make it more, you know, amenable to him or as you say it's nonsense because it, you know the fact is 
He waived due diligence. It's an airtight agreement. I mean, the agreement is basically it's you know you buy this as is, right? It's like they literally held it up in the in the pawn shop and said, "Here you go." It you know buyer beware. You take it, you get what you get. Yeah. And he did. And to your point, with if they did find that there was all these fake accounts, his first thing as the new CEO or the new owner of the company would be clean it all up. And then report back to Wall Street, hey, guess what? We cleaned it all up. We now actually have only these this number of users, which you might think is bad news, but it actually means that revenue per subscriber is quite a bit higher. And so that's good news, which would, you know, positively affect the stock and and blah, 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 blah. So this is just it's a mess. It's a mess and it's and it's it's awful what's happening. The the thing that I keep thinking about is no matter how good the offer or how good something looks on paper, and you might go over and over again, and this is for any marketer or content creator, you have to follow your gut. And I know that the, t- the Twitter management was saying, oh, this could be great, but they all felt horrible inside, right? They're like, this can't, this is not going to work. We should not, inside, everyone's, it's, they're screaming out on the inside saying, don't do this deal. Don't even do it, whatever. We can't, we have to avoid that. But they said, oh, okay. It's got a lot of money. Could be good for the. It's got 96 million followers. Whatever. Let's do it. And now they're paying for it. I just feel. Yeah. If you if it just, does not feel right in your gut, you just do not do it ever. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. They did it. Anyway, more to come. More to come uh, on this I for would, sure. I hope not. You but know. I know there is. Uh, there will be. D- oh it's no. Like, there's so much more. Opera. There's so much more. It's like yeah. it's like there's Johnny I, Depp I, I, and Elon Musk. Everything. <laughs> Come on. I haven't watched one of those uh, things, but I hear people talking about it all the time. And they're like the number one trending thing everywhere. So I, I whatever. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, I had somebody come up to me. Uh, I, I would, I, I went to a family get together over the weekend and I had one of my younger uh, nieces who couldn't understand why, uh, his girlfriend would poop in the bed and wanted me to explain if that was like in a thing that adults did. And I, I had to, I, I literally had to explain, no, no, it's not a thing that normal adults do. It is definitely not. Um, there is a thing to it. Uh, but that is not something that, that, How uh, old is mentally... this person you had to explain to? She's young. She's, she's young. Oh man. She's, that's she's a young. tough, that's a yeah. tough task. But you were, you, yeah. You did it. I mean, you you came for. I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I I I. It was really hard. It was it was hard to do that with both a straight face, as well as something that would be a satisfying answer uh, to to someone of uh, of that age. It's just you know. You could have just it's not something you that we failed. You could have just said, hey, you know what? A combination of cauliflower and Mexican food, and you never know what's going to happen. And you could have just thrown that, that is out. true. Which is really uh, an answer if the if if the word accidentally is put into that sentence, but it wasn't. It, 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 this was done quite with some purpose. So nobody's going to listen to this podcast anymore. It's just it's just not. I think this is going to be our best hit. I think this one's going to be this the, is the, the this the, is the, the one episode. that people love. This is the this, this is, is the episode. No, this is the, this is this is the Fonzie Sharp. Shark jump. No, <laughs> this is the one we win a Webby Award for. This is the one we win a Webby Award for. This is yeah. Oh well, let's yeah, keep up. Let's keep one. it up. I'm sure we have to. We have to go through the news on the Spotify. And now, a word from today's sponsor, 
Superside. Hey there, gang. This is Joe. Question for you. Have you ever worked with a big design agency? Well, I have, and I didn't enjoy it one bit. Long wait times, too many revisions, oh, and the cost. This is too much for me to handle. So I have to tell you, I was pretty pleased to learn about Superside, a one-stop shop for good design. I'm, I'm kind of liking their unique subscription service that gives you access to designers from around the world and the design process, well, you absolutely need to check it out. In talking with the good folks from Superside, they said this old marketing listeners can expect 20 times faster results than an in-house team, a 50% cost reduction, and 70% faster. I was thinking about that. So if I was running a 100-meter dash and using Superside, and you were using an in-house team or a big design agency, I'd be finished, and you'd be at the 30-meter mark. Okay, well, not the best example, but you get the point. Superside is offering a one-month credit to this old marketing listeners when signing up for an annual subscription. That's a $3,000 value. Go to superside.com slash L slash this old marketing. Superside.com slash L slash this old marketing. Or just click on the link in the show notes. And please do that so Superside knows where you heard this from and they will continue to support this show. Scale your design. Add capacity without headcount. Keep in-house team focused and easily store and share files. Check out Superside. And now, back to your favorite marketing show. Uh, yeah, let's go to the Spotify <laughs> news here. And, and this coming courtesy of Musical.ly.com. Uh, interesting site, by the way, Musical.ly. It's a did, fascinating they, did, Wasn't that TikTok? Site. I thought Musical.ly. Uh, it was. But this is I Music think. Alley? I don't know. Or Musical.ly? No, this is Music Alley. Yeah, Music, Music, uh, I don't know. It, it looks it's, like Musical.ly, the, the logo but is I thought a little Musical.ly confusing. was TikTok. Maybe I'm... I'm no, that was .ly, wasn't oh, it? I don't know. I, if, uh, if there was only a way right. we could find out. But don't look it up. Webby Award, my friend. We're winning oh, in a yeah, Webby Award. All great. right. This comes from Musical.ly.com, and the headline here is that Spotify is now letting artists promote NFTs in their profile. On the heels of what we talked about last week with Instagram, the news coming from Spotify that artists can already promote merchandise and tickets on their Spotify profiles. Now the streaming service is going to test a feature that lets them promote their NFTs. Steve Aoki and the Wombats appear to be the artists taking part in the test, both of whom have been among the early adopters of NFTs. The test is currently run for select users of Spotify's Android app in the U.S. who will be able to preview the NFTs on the artist profile pages and then be able to tap through to view and buy them from external marketplaces. Spotify is running a test which will help a small group of artists promote their existing third-party NFT offerings via the artist profile, said a Spotify spokesperson uh, to Music Ally or Music Galee or whatever it was. I do like the smiling, yeah, the smiley face in the logo. is Because well, when you roll over it, it's a, it changes color. No, that's a rest. That's, a, that's actually a rest sign, my friend. It's a, get it? It's a musical. Oh, I have my oh, head tilted to a, the one left, to the left. Yeah, so I was just. Yeah, well, it's a smiley face and it's also the, oh. uh, to, to, to represent a pause. Yeah. I am so out of it. There you Again, go. you're right. Webby you Award. Go. Here we come. All right. Yeah, Webby Award. What we do got. you think? What about do you think? This? <laughs> <laughs> you want my comment? You know, I no, I I I, I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I do. Me. Okay, why don't you take over <laughs> the show? You always talk more, anyway. So you, you know, go here's ahead. the thing. I I 
music is one of the most interesting places for NFTs yes. that I think are are right now. I mean, um, the the applications that I've seen where. Uh, I think it was Brian Fanzo that was talking about this in his talk at CEX, where he talked about the idea that he bought an NFT from an artist uh, that he named, and I'm forgetting who it is right now, but he bought this NFT, which was ostensibly the IP rights yep. uh, to to the actual song, uh, including, by the way, the royalties. Uh, and so he gets so he gets the 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 you know the the IP rights to this. He gets to use it as the theme song to his podcast. He gets to use it, you know, as a as a lot of things. And and I think that is a really interesting model um, for uh, for the NFT, which is giving access to and private access to music in same in the same way that way back in the day, going back to the Emperor and Mozart and Beethoven, you had them you know, getting benefactors and the benefactors would be the emperors in the case of Mozart, um, who would pay him money and in return get, you know, access to Beethoven writing music for them specifically for them. And so I think this is a really, uh, interesting idea. Uh, you know, whether or not it can, you can turn Spotify into an NFT marketplace where you can not only buy, you know, access to the music as part of your subscription, but actually the NFTs that an artist might make available to for concert tickets, for meet and greets, yep. for, you know, those kinds of things. I think it's a it's a really good idea. I think, yeah, I agree that it's smart for the Spotify to test this. So I'm thinking they should keep doing the testing, just like last week we covered Instagram doing their testing. But it also seems yeah. to me... Look, I know that the innovation coming out of these companies is amazing, but it also feels a little bit like grasping with straws. They're just not sure where we're moving in this 2.25, 2.5 world. And you do, I'm going to talk about, a little about this later, where you, you do have a lot of the power going to content creators in the form of these NFTs. Well, oh, hey, I, I don't have to go to a place to buy music rights. I can go directly to the musician now. I can cut out the middle person entirely. This is something now Spotify and Instagram, they are the middle entities. So they're trying to figure out how do we keep this audience and at the same time monetize all these things. And and it's it's really interesting. I mean, I could see a I could see two things happening. I could see Spotify, Instagram becoming larger than ever before, and I could see them in ten years going away entirely. It's it's crazy. Yeah. To, to, to well, think so what is, you know. who knows Spotify in I think in five, three to five years they're going to be completely different companies because they're going to have to be so I don't yeah. know well what if you well it, the interesting thing to me is that what if you look at distribution of music and the uh, marketing of music in the same platform and what I mean by that is is what if you could combine the idea of Spotify and the record company where through Spotify, you create a marketplace of NFTs where Spotify centralizes that, the idea of the NFT, and promotes certain artists with their NFTs of music, where you buy access to it through NFTs that automatically handle things like royalty payments uh, and, and plays, uh, as well as promotes their music to uh, you know, live performances and merchandising and basically handles all of the responsibilities that a record company would handle 
through the smart contracts developed in the NFTs. And they've got a complete, you know, you, you can go in and, and basically have all of your interaction be through a, a service like Spotify. There's no need for a record company any longer there because distribution is taken care of. Marketing is taken care of the, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, the nurturing of new artists is taken care of through the platform. The artist basically has a single, you know, a single place to, to go and do everything. It's, it's a really, it's a fascinating model. I think that that is possible, but also that was said about the book industry and Amazon. Agreed. And Agreed. of course it's it tough. never happened. Yeah. You have, you have, you know, you have way more authors out there and the way more ability to excel direct, but you still have, you know, your, your one percenters that are going through the traditional book process. I think you're going to see that for a long, long time. I think what I'm trying to get, I think, I think that what you're saying could absolutely happen. And I think it's smart for Spotify to go that direction, but if you could get it to a way where the musician or the artist actually controls the financial connection in some way, with their audience directly, that would be something. It could Spotify. But they keep, would, yeah, right? That's that's that's, yeah, that's the, thing. the thing with the NFTs is that it would be transparent. Exactly. Right? It would be there's no there's no like you know funny Hollywood accounting that's going on here, uh, which is so prevalent in the music business now. The you know the reason that most artists hate their record company so much is because it, they always feel like they're not getting any value out of the record company, and the record company is holding all the chips when it comes to the accounting, right? Because they get all the money for the merch, they get all the money for the live performances, they get all the money, you know, and they sort of dole it out based on uh, whatever their contract reads. And the artist goes, why am I paying all this when I could do all this myself? Well, the NFTs would basically create a transparent relationship where there is no check coming from the record company. It's just handled in, you know, it's just handled direct payments. I think this is... Smart contracts handle the whole thing. Exactly. I think this is where... I hope Spotify and Instagram and whatever, they don't charge for this. They just say they're going to integrate it. I think this is where Meta, Facebook messed up with their whole Metaverse yeah. concept and them charging 50% yep. or whatever. They should have it free. Yep. It's like everyone can do business on this platform, just like Marketplace. They do with Market. It's free. It's beautiful. Why do? Why does Facebook have Marketplace? Just so people are on Facebook and they can sell them all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Why does Google have Gmail? Because they can get them, get them using Google products and services. And they can monetize exactly. them all different ways. So I think they lost that. And that, that's where there might be a little bit of brilliance with what Spotify is doing here. If they just say, hey, we're going to integrate it. It's great. You keep using Spotify. You put all your stuff on here. You can sell whatever you want. Yeah. We're going to make money other ways. It's the early days of Amazon and e-commerce, right? Really you is. know, how do oh we, you know, so yeah, it is nuts. What a great time to be alive in marketing, right? I love it. Ah, it's I fantastic. This it. is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> plastics, my boy. Plastics. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our next story here, which is coming to us courtesy of Media Post. Uh, and it is about Netflix. Speaking of new ways and great time to be alive, live streaming in the early stages of Netflix. This uh, shocks absolutely nobody that this is coming along. I'm, in fact, surprises me that it's, it's taken yeah, this long for uh, for Netflix to get into the live streaming business. The article opens up by saying Netflix is in the early stages of developing live streaming. The capability is expected to be employed for Netflix's unscripted shows and stand-up specials, including live voting for competition series, 
uh, talent contest as well as a potential for series reunion specials. Netflix confirmed the development to Deadline, uh, which broke the story, and then, of course, Media Post is now covering it. Sources said a small group is in the preliminary stages of working out live streaming, but cautioned that there would be no specific timeline for a rollout. Um, I'll bet this is coming very, very soon because this would be a very, very interesting companion to advertising-based releases um, because there is nothing that drives better ad revenue than live events. What say you, Mr. Politzi? Yeah, I I would... Could Netflix be the competitor that that Twitch has been desperately in need of? I think so. This totally makes sense to me. I could see that all the things that are happening on twitch with people on or with with twitch online and with following your favorite streamer and whatever i think netflix will start converting those people over do some deals ad-based deals revenue-based deals find get some creators and i could see the same thing happening over on uh, on netflix so i think it's brilliant to do this uh and i'll I, i would i would imagine that you will see maybe five to ten youtube and twitch stars move over with regular shows that was and i think it'll be partially live stream events and i think it'll be partially on demand stuff that they'll have their own like mini channels created so i think that's right i think that's right i mean you know i mean look we're going to get an early taste of this uh in the fall because the nfl will be on amazon prime and so it'll be interesting to see how that goes but I really think this is, I mean, I, to me, I, I, I don't understand why they haven't, the, the real key here will be getting people to tune in, right? In other words, the, the whole problem with live streaming is that it's date and time certain. So you have to, you know, you have to make the event worth bookmarking in your calendar so that you're there for it. And it brings back the entire, you know, so it's a, that's the whole antithesis of what Netflix is all about, which is, and you know the entire library on demand anytime any place yeah. anywhere you know it changes that paradigm and so it is something that they need to be very circumspect about uh, to me if i'm them i think the mistake is starting small here and and not starting big in other words i think amazon prime is doing it the right way with things that you will move your calendar around for which for football fans is a football game you know you block your time on sunday for that you know, so, you know, having a stand-up special by some comedian, you know, um, you know, whether it's Dave Chappelle or somebody like that, yeah, maybe, maybe you, you know, you're there, but you almost want to bring sort of a pay-per-view feel to it, right? You know, remember the old days and in, in when oh, boxing was goodness. on pay-per-view, and you know, you would, I mean, you would go to your family, I mean, people would have parties, and you know, it was a whole thing. It, that kind of needs to be the feel to me in order to make live streaming really take off on Netflix. I remember Tyson, Buster Douglas, we were all over at oh, my yeah. friend's house watching that thing and we just could not believe it. Because they pay for it, right? Or, or right. any. And all chipped in. and WrestleMania yeah. 1, WrestleMania 2. I mean, that was... Sure. <laughs> yeah. All of them. So I, I... And everybody chipped in their 12 bucks or whatever it was so that you could all... So that the whoever was hosting could afford it and all that. Could actually be a different tier, too. You could say Netflix and then Netflix yeah. Plus... <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I can't believe well, I just said that. You're right. Netflix Plus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's going to get crazy. I, and it's, I, I guess the thing, you, you mentioned this. Why do we just have to telegraph everything? Is it all because we want to market it a little bit ahead of time or do we want to test the waters? What, to, to what you just said. Just launch it. Just go big. Just do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
just do well and d- yeah, just yeah, just do exactly. it. Just launch and, yeah, the thing just, and then just, see what happens. Well, make a thing out of it. Make it. You know, that's that's the thing. Make a thing out of it, right? Make 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 something out of this. Don't just eh, we're gonna launch live, yeah. And then you know, but make a make it a thing. Make it make it special. Make it. Well, in that case, let's go back to the previous story about the Spotify. Let's just go ahead and say, instead of testing it, they just said, hey, Spotify just integrated NFTs with all these musicians. Done. Done and done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think I buy that more because it's a new, it's a new business, you know, like new technology. Live streaming or live events is not something that you have to teach people how to work. That's true. Right? That is. In other words, we, we know how to do that. So it's literally how do I how do I get into that that big thing that everybody knows how to do NFTs and marketplaces for that smart contract and all it's still new so I get why they're 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 testing that. All right. All right. Well, let's let's move on to our rants and raves section here so that we get into uh, something that you like. Well, <laughs> it's the time of the show that's empirically proven. Quite you frankly. need to stop saying um, that it's not. You asked yeah, like three people, not, and they said they like rants and rapes. By the way, do you? I think you, it's the first it, part of the show, here, but whatever. Here's the, here's something interesting for you. Yeah. Uh, I have been. It has been called to my attention that I say quite frankly a lot uh, that it's now a drinking game that that on this show I, I and I was listening to the Prof G show and he says it and I don't know if I picked it up from him or if he oh, picked no, it no, up you from had me because I know he's a you, listener. You had it along. You've had uh, it. I've had it for some yes. time. Yeah. So, so quite frankly, it is the empirically proven uh, favorite part of the show. It is where Joe and I go off in a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we got a gift basket from CNN Plus or something that makes us feel like uh, we just lost our TV show. Um, which, by the way, we're open. Joe and I are open to anybody out there who wants to give us a TV show. We'll, we'll totally do this uh, on, uh, on one of the streaming networks. You know, I had, I had, anyway, I get off. You have, a, you have an idea about this only. Uh, okay. I'll, I do. I'll dress do. as Ducky and you dress as John Travolta from Fantastic Urban Fantastic idea. I'm, I will absolutely get into my goat roper outfit for if we got on a TV show. I do Ducky. I would flip that collar up. I would flip that collar up. I, I, I what was the thing from, um, who was Ducky supposed to be? I know it was John Cryer played him, but it was supposed to be Iron Man. Um, What's, what? Oh, no, it's supposed to be Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey Jr. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it, supposed to be Robert Downey yes. Jr. I didn't know that until I read Ready Player Two. I did not know that yep. was a thing. But anyways, I don't know why yeah. that brought up. But yes. Yes, what do we have? What do you, what are you going to talk about? Well, uh, yeah, let me go first. Yeah, let me go first because I have a very, very short okay. rave. Um, I just have to rave. So for those, anybody who's listened to the show for more than one or two episodes, you know that I am a huge, amazing, fanatic of the Star Trek, everything, you know, of the, of the Star Trek. Um, yes, an understatement. Every show I'm a fan of everything that has ever been done. I've, I'm sure I've seen every episode of the original series. Um, My wife actually uh, asked me to calculate this at one point, and I've probably seen the entire, the entirety of all the seasons of the original series, uh, at least nine or 10 times. Um, and because I used to watch them, you know, over and over and over again. Anyway, the new Star Trek, the 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 new there's and it's getting rave reviews. And this is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, which follows the Enterprise under Captain Pike, which, of course, predates Captain Kirk by, you know, one, you know, mini half generation, if you will, 10 years. Um, 
is amazing. It is just wonderful. Now, take it with a grain of salt with the size of fan I am. But for those of you who haven't seen it, it is absolutely brilliant. And the most and the most beautiful, wonderful thing about it that I love as a content person is that they have really pulled in the old style monster of the week. You know, every episode is its own story. You know, you could watch it out of order if you have to, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's just wonderful. I almost now. I heard you talking about this last episode and I was going to cancel my Paramount Plus because I got Paramount Plus because of Picard and I was not happy because I loved the first yeah. series of Picard, not as much the second. So you're telling me that I should give this a chance. You absolutely should give this a chance. Yeah, it's, it is. Now, I would, if you're not familiar, I would familiarize yourself uh, with the sort of, you know, fan service that's done with regard to who Captain Pike is, who some of the characters are, if you don't know, because it's just Isn't that the Captain nice. Pike from from the reboot? Original series. No, it's original. It's, it's, well, the, he was in the reboot as yeah. well, but he's from the... So the very first pilot of Star Trek, the original series in 1966, um, was uh, the, the, the episode that was the pilot was basically... Captain Pike, who was the original, supposed to be the original captain of the Enterprise until Gene Roddenberry changed that. The the um, it's called the Cage, and Captain Pike is that was shot was fully shot, but they scrapped it because the studio hated it um, because it was too depressing and it was too cerebral and and all of that. So they ended up making another episode for the pilot. So they actually the the first episode of Star Trek is like episode number three or something. So it's really weird and continuity huh. because the it, the first episode looks newer than the second episode and it's very weird. But the that was actually, I think, the season finale of the first season, which was The Cage, because it's a two-part uh, series, a two-part episode where they Spock goes on trial for uh, kidnapping Christopher Pike, the captain, and they merged the first episode ever shot with this episode, basically making it a trial and a flash series of flashbacks um, to the old what had happened. And uh, I won't spoil it, but basically you learn all about Christopher Pike and his, you know, why he is the way he is and all of that. So there you go. Well, I will, I will give it a shot. So that it's be worth watching that. It'd be all worth right. watching that. I'm gonna, so you can see some of the relationships and stuff. I'm going to make that happen. And I, I will not cancel because I've been canceling everything. I'm gonna I'm canceling it all. I'm canceling Hulu. I'm canceling. Oh, we got all there these little go. subscriptions. I'm done. That's all I got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Um, go. All right. What do you got? All right. So uh, I found this today. Actually, I thought this was interesting. So Adam, I think it's pronounced Masseri. So Adam Masseri is yeah Adam Masseri. Adam Masseri yeah. is the CEO of Instagram. Did a TED talk. Yep on sort of the it's called the power is shifting and he's talking about it so it's 13 minutes long we'll put it in the show notes i highly recommend taking a watch of it there's a couple things first of all i don't like how he defines creators because really when he says creators he's talking about influencers and sometimes public figures and that's not a content creator it's completely different so I, I, I did send him some material on that. I don't know if he's going to get back to me. <laughs> but I did say, yo, Adam, 
Uh, you need to get your facts straight on this. Then goes into a bunch of information about rented land. I was like, oh, my God, this is, he's been listening to the podcast. He's, he's talking about how creators can't uh, – they can't rely on just rented land to – to build their business. And I was like, oh my God. And I took this quote out. This is fascinating. He said, no business should be entirely dependent on one platform. And I said, yes, I love you, Adam. This is fantastic. There it is. So I was going through the whole thing. Gets heavy into the blockchain. That's why what you're talking about, Spotify, Instagram, 100% all in on NFTs and blockchain. They're definitely going to integrate it. I think they're going to do the whole thing. It's going to be almost like the same thing. Go to Instagram, market your stuff. Be a creator on our platform, and you can sell all the NFTs you want. And he really talks about keeping that financial connection between the audience and the owner or the creator. So I thought it was really, really interesting. It's not perfect. There's a couple of things I'm not a big fan of, but it's 13 minutes long. If you're a content creator or you're into content marketing, I think you absolutely should pay attention to what, what Adam Masseri is doing at Instagram. And so you'll get 13 minutes of it in this tech, TED Talk. So. So I think it's a it's a it's you a know, rave mostly and a little bit of a criticism, but I like where he's going and he's really close to getting it. So I think there's, uh, you know, it's funny because I really like him as a CEO, and you know the the fact that Instagram is is doing so well, but the fact that they're doing it within sort of the confines of Facebook, it really almost feels like it would be so much better for Instagram if it were peeled out. I totally agree with you that. Know? It doesn't. It's funny yeah. because when you think about him talk giving this talk, and then knowing that they're a subsidiary of Meta, it just doesn't. You're like, yeah. what? That's where we talked about previously. What's the end game? Like, are they, are they, uh, is is this really up on the up and up here with what Instagram's trying? I think, I think Masseri is really trying to do the right thing. Seems like it. Yeah. But again, he's not calling the shots. Like, could there be a rug pull at some point? I I don't know. (laughs) Rug pull. Had to throw that (laughs) in there. We did talk about NFTs. You can't even resist yourself. You talk about NFTs, you gotta say rug pull (laughs) and you gotta take a drink. That's right. When you do. That's right. There you go. Quite frankly. There you go. <laughs> Quite frankly, you need to take a drink. Webby Award. There you go. Webby Award. It's a Webby Award. All right, what are you doing this week? Uh, we have our... That's why we're recording early. Uh, for those of you that, that got that at the beginning, uh, we're taking a family vacation. It's the same family Woo-hoo. vacation that we had planned on taking at the beginning before COVID-19 happened. We're, we're doing it. All, it's a little bit shorter than what it was supposed to be, but we're really looking forward to it. Both the kids are home from college. So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna do it. Genius. It's gonna be crazy. How about you? I love it. And you're coming. And you're coming my way. Coming your really way. Yeah. We'll be out. We'll yeah, be out yeah. in, in California. I mean, not my way. We're not going to see each other because you know I don't want to ruin your vacation. But you know. I actually thought about it. You I will was be. like, I, I don't know. I mean, the kids probably would like to, to would like to actually see it. We're, we're uh, you know, I would I would actually like to see, see them because Uncle, where you could see their long flowing locks. I mean, oh my goodness. Oh my god. Yeah. They, I mean, they're they're rock and roll stars yeah, now. I know it's, it's amazing. I see the pictures. I look at them. I'm like, I you are. You're both adopted. Like what? What happened here? But yeah, so we're coming they out. We're going to the, do. They learn from the best. We're going to do five. They learn from Mr. Robert. <laughs> we're going to do five, five theme parks in six days. So in Los Angeles right. and Genius. in San Francisco. So it will be. I crazy. love that. So what are you doing? What are you I love on? that. Uh, I am working, 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 working. I am back from a little family get together in the over the weekend, and I'm just, uh, uh, just uh, yeah, just working. Just, just, it's all good. It's all good. Just heads down. It's, it's that time of year. Hey, you got, you got a big launch coming up. So 
you got you got I things do. to do. Yeah, June. Well, we'll talk about yeah, that soon. June first. We'll yeah, we'll talk about that probably yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a launch episode that might win the Webby. Yeah, there you do go. We have to. We have to submit but, our own uh, yeah. show. Uh, okay, for I'll forget it. I think so. Yeah, we should. We should do that. We should next year. I mean, it's just the Webby's just happened. Literally, we should like pick two weeks the show ago, that so we think is the worst. Year. Because that'll be that'll be the winner. <laughs> that'll be, the that'll be so many to choose from. For. It might be this one. Could be. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this. We are out. Uh, you know, we're going to sign off until next week and 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 do this all over again. Uh, quite frankly, uh, in the meantime, <laughs> if you want to get the goodness of all this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other, you know. You know, 323 episodes. Just get on over to our website, won't you? Get on over there. Get over there. You get over there. Get in my belly. Um, get on over there to thisoldmarketing.site. Uh, remember the hashtag us up. We love the story ideas. Those have been coming in fast and furious, and we really, truly do appreciate them. Uh, you can hashtag us at thisoldmarketing on Twitter. Uh, and until we see each other next week, remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing. Thank you.